So today on TMTC, TMTC Podcast, I can't never fucking say our name. I don't do know why. I am Andrew, a professional speaker. I speak for a living and I can't say the fucking thing. Should we do a warm up? Let's do it. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. Pick it a 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 Forgot and I don't know the words right now. Something about that new year and stuff and stuff. stuff. Old Lang Syne. <laughs> Welcome to a very special episode of an in house version of Take Me to Coffee. This is a mentorship podcast for the digital age, and we are going to be all mentors. We will be your explicit mentors. Fucking A. This is for the fucking doers. The fucking rule breakers. The shitty, shitty shit people who are so fucking cool, and they are building it from the fucking ground up. From movie stars to blog writers to Instagram creators, in this day and age, we really, truly have something to learn from everyone except Andrew and I, so run away now and don't listen to this episode. So this is your weekly chance to get personal with the people who've been down the road before you. (laughs) And soak up a whole lot of inspiration for your 2020 from every corner of the internet. How was your Christmas? Uh, you celebrate Christmas, right? Uh, what what did I do for Christmas? I went down to Arkansas for Christmas. Nice. Yeah, I went down, spent some time with the family, cooked a prime rib. I think that's becoming a new kind of an institution. I can get behind that. Absolutely. I'll get behind a fucking slab of meat oh. on a holiday. Roast beast is what we call it. We set up a Nerf fort for my nephews. Oh. These kids these days, man, Nerf has made a huge resurgence. Hang on. Okay. Nerf shit. No, this is so important. Yesterday, Emily and I were making a list of inside jokes that keep popping up on TM2C so that she can be ready uh-huh. for them. And one of them is our counter, which started with the shit clown. And now I'm just saying, Emily, we have to do the counter for every fucking time Andrew says, kids these days. <laughs> kids these days. Because I'm an old man. <laughs> So wait, what did you do for the holidays? Because I know your birthday is the 24th. It is. How do you spend it? What's it like to share a birthday with one of the fucking most notorious holidays? Yes. Eve's. Of all time. No, no two what birthdays are the same. Battling Santa for fucking superiority. Yeah. Like, is it is it is it a real, do you grapple with that? I mean, I've really never felt like I could stand up in Santa's shadow. Here's here's the history of my birthday, like the unabridged version of my birthday. I just didn't get one for a long time. And then I got a half birthday in June sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then when I got older, I started throwing a hotel party in Kansas City when I would come home from New York City. I went to one of those. And that was really fun. I know you did. That's true. You got in so much trouble that night. Fucking right. I and did. then that sort of lapsed. And I started throwing myself a party at my parents' house. None of this takes place on my birthday, by the way. Right? Like, I've never, ever had a birthday party on my birthday. And then that kind of wound down for a couple of years. Like, my dad and my brother would pick me up from my boyfriend at the time. We'd go spend a couple days before with his family. And then they'd pick me up. They'd get me a bottle of bourbon for my birthday, which was really so they could have Manhattans while we played Yahtzee all night on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. And that was pretty great. Yeah. And then yeah. my parents fucking died. So then I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So now, it, I don't know. I usually don't do anything. But this year, I'm in New York. My friends Justin and Alex are going to have a little appetizery, drinky game night for my birthday. A, char- a charcuterie. A charcuterie. Uh, extravaganza. 
more importantly, Rotel. Oh, fuck. Can we talk about Rotel really quick? Have we talked about Rotel? Have we talked about okay. Rotel? I don't once, think we have. We have done it once, Emily says. Did we really? Just a little bit. Just re- just a little bit? Why are you on the mic? I know. I translating you- for Emily. Um, let's talk about Rotel. Okay. When did you first discover Rotel? Two, would you bathe in it? And three, would you kill somebody for Rotel? I feel like these are the exact questions you asked on this other episode that we talked about Rotel. I feel like murder is a... Uh, we've really jumped there. I'm pretty sure we've already talked about bathing in Rotel. <laughs> that one specific topic. <laughs> I've really got one thing on my mind, and it's how I get my toe dipped into some Rotel. Oh, God, that's so I've got to dip a toe in it. Yeah, I'm like, totally honestly, I, I don't know what Rotel is. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, God. We're going to have to have oh, a God. sidebar. Let's, Let's have, have a, a sidebar. Let's have a talk. It's 2020. It's time for you to learn what can Rotel you, is. Can, oh, Jesus Christ, these kids these days. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> can you explain? Can you explain to her what Rotel is and how it's part prepared? one? Take a delicious block of plastic cheese, otherwise known as Velveeta. Step two: buy a can of what is known as Rotel. That's the brand name. It is diced tomatoes and diced peppers, and then in mm-hmm. their juice. So if you can't find the Rotel brand, which happens frequently in New York City, because this is a very Midwestern food, you can sort mm. of cobble your own Rotel part together with like diced tomatoes and diced peppers. I recommend hatch chilies. Part three, cube the plastic Velveeta cheese into like quarters, throw it in a pan, heat it up, Melted down. Oh, Number four. You, you saying it like that makes me just want to dip a toe in it. Number four. Pour the tomatoes and the peppers in that melty plastic cheese and stir it all around. Step five. Dip your chip into it. Dip it a in chip mouth. in it. 2020. <laughs> dip a chip. It's like basically, it's specifically melted Velveeta cheese dip with diced tomatoes and diced peppers in it. And it's the thing that I could eat till I was sick. Dip a chip in it. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, Rotel now that you've heard what it is, Emily? You can answer honestly. Um, I don't know. I'm like kind of lactose intolerant. but It's I don't plastic. Really it's not that. real cheese. Yeah, I mean, like I also assume, yes, it's not very It's made weird. from vegetable oil. Um, it's made from also, vegetable oil. There's no cheese in it at all. This also reminds me of last night, though, when I was with some friends and I had Popeyes for the first time and they were super upset with me. You'd never had Popeyes? What? Okay. This is uh, what I'm, I'm going to say. A Popeyes. I don't think there are a lot of Popeyes in Boston. Oh, interesting. I, I don't think so either. No, you're right. So what was your experience like? Okay, actually, this is really off topic and really random. Not at all. Welcome to our podcast. Nope. Th- th- this whole episode is off topic <laughs> There's like and random. There's like a rap, you know, like Migos and Offset and what? These rap guys. Nope. <laughs> these kids. <laughs> um, the, kids there's these like days. a bunch of rappers. Offset, isn't he like Cardi B's husband? Okay, not important. A bunch of rappers <laughs> who are like new streaming rapper, like SoundCloud, famous uh-huh. people. Yep. They di- they mm-hmm. have some partnership with Popeyes right now. And the people I was with last night were really excited that there was some free codes. So you get free Popeyes order if you order the offset meal on oh, Uber Eats. Whoa. So it happened. Okay. <laughs> this is a thing that's happening because I walked into my building earlier this week <laughs> and there was a delivery man behind me. 
And this guy, this young guy comes out of the elevator, like it looks like they do a drug deal, like right behind me. And then he's following me to the elevator and he gets in and he looks at me and he looks down and he's just got a bag of Popeyes and he's like, it's not my finest moment. And he's like, they're giving it away free on Uber Eats. (laughs) Yes. So you have to, if they're giving it away for free, you got to fucking grab that Popeyes. Let's talk about this for a second. This is one of the biggest fucking things that happened in 2019 socially. There was a massive debate about who has a better chicken sandwich, Chick-fil-A or Popeyes spicy chicken sandwich. I never got the chance. And for anybody out there, if you want to send me one free, because I don't want to pay for anything. If you want to send me a Popeyes chicken sandwich, I've definitely had the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. A massive fan of it. I will eat the shit out of that chicken sandwich, even though they're a terrible company and I don't agree with some of the shit that they do. I still eat there. Don't be (laughs) mad at me. Sometimes. And I want to know the difference. I want to do a side-by-side challenge and I'd love to do it on air at some point of the Popeye's chicken sandwich versus the spicy chicken sandwich from uh, Do you know what's really exciting is you're going to be back in New York. So we should do an episode where we all go down to a conference room at WeWork and we actually record in the same space. We'll get the sandwiches. We'll do, we'll set up like a little iPhone recording the whole thing from the angle and Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. we'll do a mentorship podcast episode on chicken sandwiches. Right. And be like the best of 2019 chicken sandwiches. Emily's just nodding her head. Can we put crickets? Can we just put crickets right in that silence? Emily's going to fucking kill us. She's like, I can't edit the fuck out of it. I will kill you fucking people. Stop coming up with these ridiculous ideas for us. I really like that secretly in our heads, we've created like a murderous producer character mm, who's just like yeah, glaring yeah. at us. Right. Constantly the, shaking up angry yeah. fist when, when we do something bad or we deem it to be bad. Which is literally the opposite of the truth because Emily's basically always smiling or laughing. The fucking sweetest human being on the planet. She loves cats. Not the movie. I don't know about your feelings. Oh, God, let's talk about this. Let's talk I'm about a dog person, though. Oh. No, I haven't seen cats, but I'm, I'm a dog person, though. I just <laughs> and your Instagram is just apartment. full of that cat. Me but if you had a dog, well, you would I don't have a dog in my would, apartment. Okay, so you're saying on, on the level, if you had a dog and a cat, all the pictures on your Instagram would be about the dog? No. <laughs> oh, was that a question? Because you do one up at the end. I don't know. That's a very um, hypothetical situation that we'd have to test out. So you don't oh, I know what you're getting for Christmas. Ooh, Sir Thomas Booger? Nope. What if I just brought a puppy to your house? <laughs> She'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck. I think the cat would, would freak out. That's true. I'd like to see that dynamic play out, though. Cats and dogs living together. Y'all, uh, let's get to this episode today, by the way. What is this? This is a We're not this in is it? a 2019 recap episode. Oh fuck. Even though our podcast was technically only alive for two and a half months of 2019, there's plenty to talk about. <laughs> fuck, that's a so, long time and no time. I know. So we wanted to do an episode. Um, actually, let me back up and say, I don't know about you, Andrew, but I get asked about making a podcast all the time. I have gotten multiple emails from people this week that have done the give back concert or I know, you know, in our business who are asking if I can help them make a podcast. And so we decided to do an episode devoted to reflecting on our experience of making this podcast this year. So that we don't have to explain to you on the street heading to somewhere else how we do it, why we do it. And that we do it. (laughs) Yes. Well, I collected some stats, some quick stats about our podcast since we launched in September 26 that I think are pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. So we put up 23 episodes, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's so exciting. That's a lot. Uh, It's 21 hours of content that we've put out. And of course, you can triple that in terms of how much we've actually recorded. And we've charted in eight countries on the Apple podcast charts, which is super cool. My God. Can you smell that? What? Can you smell that? What? Oh my god, somebody charted. (laughs) Oh man. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) You 
so much. So, okay. So I have a, here's my kickoff question. And our friend Nathan Tyson, writer of Broadway musicals, Amelie and Tech Everlasting, loves to play this game. And I have adopted it. It's one of my favorite. Best worst. What's the best moment of doing this podcast in September? And what was the worst moment for you, Andrew? Oh, God, the best moment. Let's start with the best first. No, I want to leave that for last. Let's start with the worst first. The worst moment on the podcast. Or making the podcast, whatever, around the podcast. God, this is so hard. It really is so hard because the worst moment for me is, and I don't mean to be trite about this. I'm not kidding you. When we have guests on like um, Reza, Christina Anthony, Cece, Elisa, those three specifically come to my mind. And the worst part is that we have to stop talking to people. That for me, that is what it is. It's like, I want to know so much more. I want to have so much more information, like give it to me or like just, I have so many more questions and then we only have a finite amount of time. And that is the actual worst part for me. Mm -hmm. I really just want to pick the brains of interesting fucking people for as long as you can like mine Mm -hmm. them for information. And of course, like I could call them or I could email them or I could ask them other questions, but you know, it's fun to do it. Well, you guys are listening. Because we have a great dynamic. And that is the best part oh. of this experience is that we get to talk to each other every fucking day, almost. And I feel like her friendship's better for it. I think this was just a ploy by Jess to actually get me to talk to her more. It's true. And uh, I think she's regretting that every single day. No. So is that, is that your worst? Is that your worst? What's your <laughs> best and worst? <laughs> Having to deal with... Well, actually, before I say mine, I just want to reflect on what you said for the worst. This is a piece of learning that we can like offer everybody who's listening to this episode, a surprising thing that you learn, I think, or as certainly we have about hosting a podcast is the tension between how personal it is and like how reliant it is on you being you and like actually being interested in learning about the other person and picking their brain and also processing your thoughts and having to be a host, which is a technical skill. There's a lot of tension between those two things and it's not bad tension, It's just tension and trying to, in every moment, figure out when do I just need to let the other host talk or when do we just need to let the guest talk and when do we have to cut this interview off because we're actually making a piece of content, not just indulging Mm -hmm. in our own whims to like talk to people. I have also found that to be incredibly challenging and a really good learning process. I think that's also kind of a life lesson. Do you know what I mean? Like knowing when to shut the fuck up. (laughs) I just almost choked on my coffee. It's so true. <laughs> you know, it's it's. I think that's like good for any conversation or any, you know, if you have a debate or an argument or something like that or whatever mm. conversation, I don't care what it is, like learning and knowing, taking the cues of being like, I should shut the fuck up now. Yes. Our first instinct isn't always to actually listen. Yeah. Especially when you're making a piece of content. When you listen, things come up that you couldn't have planned for, you know, which makes great content, right? Right. And I'm able to, in that silence, kind of find a better question or a better way to phrase a question or to ask a question or to understand and then really relate to somebody on what they're talking about and the actual mm-hmm. discussion that's there. And mm-hmm. it's, it feels a little more genuine and heartfelt mm-hmm. to to not just talk all the time, yeah. which I, I have a tendency to do, especially in my younger age. I was like, God, yeah. you talk a lot. And just like, it's nice to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> What's your best? What's your best? My best definitely is. And I, I, this has kind of been the thing of this season, I think. So I was at a dinner the other night. I got invited to this dinner that I was talking about on another episode. And I was- Was oh, this the Jefferson dinner? Yeah, totally. And I yeah. was in the midst of these eight incredible people. I had met two of them before and there were three of them and the rest of them I didn't know. 
And I said to my friend the next day, I was like, I don't regret or have like a lot of like, oh, I wish that this or that had happened in my past. But like, I found myself grieving a little bit that I did not find my tribe in this way in my 20s. And that's outside of like our close friends, like our friend family, but like these people that share my values and are pursuing incredible artistic, creative things and achieving all this business stuff. And that's my best for this podcast too, is that I feel like every single one of those 22 people we've had on this fall has blown my mind. I want to be friends with all of them. I find myself just looking for ways to create things that we can work on together. I don't know. It just, in reflection, I feel like I felt weird for so long because in our world, I was such an outsider and I don't Mm -hmm. feel like that anymore. And I especially don't feel like that, like with all these people coming on the podcast and talking to us. So that's definitely my best. I think there's something interesting that you said there is that you surround yourself with people who spawn your creativity. Mm -hmm. Anybody who lifts you up and anybody who not just makes you feel better about yourself, but also makes you think about yourself mm-hmm. or think about things in a way that you would never think about them. I think that's the, I think that's the ultimate community, right? Mm-hmm. Differing points of view, different ways of approaching things or coming at a problem, right? You mm-hmm. see people's different way of thinking, which makes you a more well-rounded human. And I think we talk about that a lot, especially being an actor. You're like, fuck, man, I want to be a more well-rounded human being because mm-hmm. that infiltrates my art as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the human dynamic. I mean, that's the yeah. most interesting thing in the fucking world to me. I love watching people. Like Danny Pudi said on the episode, he was like, I love watching people. Oh, yeah. The podcast is kind of just a different version of that. It allows us to like peek into these other people's lives for an hour and a half, right? And dip a toe in it. Dip a toe in their rotel, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, My worst, I think, I'm going to say this lightly because I don't really mean it, but like I wish I've made a lot of peace with being the kind of person who is a showrunner director in, you know, in addition to being like a host or an actor or something like that. But I definitely, if I could have my druthers, I would not have to manage this podcast as well as co-host it. It would be a dream to have someone else being bossy about everything (laughs) and not having to fret about all of the like inner workings and pieces and parts. It would be so fun to just be the like co-host of this, but it is not my lot in life. And I also have really enjoyed all that I've learned in having to do that role. It has been hard but it has been rewarding. I was going to say, would you have it any other way? No. Especially on the ground level. Hell no. You've learned so much. You've told me so much. Your question is a great one, right? Because, and the reason I say I say this lightly is like, it's grass is always greener. Of course, I'd love to just like show up and be a creative, but then it wouldn't be our show. Someone else would be in charge. Right. And then you'd be on my side of the table and I wouldn't even be here. (laughs) And that doesn't seem like a worst. And that's the funny part is like, even if there's some difficulty, we are both the kind of people We're not people who say, I can't do that. No, not at all. We're not going to take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Like if we can't figure it out, we're going to fucking reverse engineer the shit out of it. And for Emily and I, we were just talking about this the other day. There's like a real, uh, this is something I've learned from other things I've done, but with this podcast in particular, there's a real skill to like kind of go and limp and assuming that shit's going to go wrong. You know what I mean? It's like being attacked by a bear. (laughs) Right. So it's not an interrupting (laughs) thing. You're just like, yep, this is definitely going to go wrong. We're just going to fucking do our best to figure it out. And if we can't figure it out, we'll table it and come back to it. And not going to try to spend our, you know, weeks panicking because that technology, like, because we couldn't get that piece of technology. In the spirit of technology and in the spirit of this being a mentorship podcast, we actually collected questions for this episode as well, making Jess and Andrew the 
guests and co-hosts of this Hot episode. Seat. <laughs> Hot seat. So we have a good first question to get us into it. Hey, welcome to the coffee shop. <laughs> this is a question from Andrea from New York City. How did you get so good mm. at tech and life? Take it away. So this is hilarious because Andrea from New York City is indeed uh, an upcoming guest who we could not get the technology to work for. Are we getting? Are we getting? Uh, uh, punked? What? Yeah, punked. Are we getting punked? No. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so the actual answer to that question is pretty direct for me. How did I get so good at tech? I think because I get asked that a lot. I think some people's heads perceive technology as a deterrent, an interrupter, a speed bump, a hiccup, something that's hard, right? My brain perceives it as something that can help me do the things I want to do. And so that ends up making me want to read about it all the time. So what happens is I'll like have it in my flipboard in the morning when I read through technology <clears throat> and I'll see something in TechCrunch or Fast Company or Wired about a new cool technology. And then I immediately think like, how can that help me make things in the arts? And I think that inherent in that also is that my brain defaults to assuming I can do whatever I need to do and that there's a piece of technology out there that'll do it. And I just have to find it. Life, I'm secretly not that great at life, so. Well, it's not a secret anymore. Andrew, how did you get so good at technology? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and say this, and I'm going to, with all honesty and transparency, Jess Ryan, <laughs> Emily Ho. That's how I got so good at technology. And that's my final answer. Hey. How did I get good at life? Uh, again, let's go back to the watching people, studying people. Mm. Again, being open to any experience that you are scared of. Any experience that you think like there's something that you can't do, say yes to. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back to a question from an Instagram follower. Hey, Instagram follower. In. This is for the two of you from Bridget, who's from Nashville. Do you remember the moment you guys met each other? I've already talked about the moment I remember the first time I met you, but I totally want to hear your version, of, like whatever your oh first time God. is that you remember meeting Are me. You, you're gonna, I, you can be, I can be mad at you. Tell the truth. It's fine. I probably won't even be mad, honestly. The fucking crazy part is I was so, when we first met, I, I kind of remember it. I think it was at Tent Theater the summer before I came to school. Mm. We were all kind of hanging out with the crew, the like older crew i guess they were sophomores at that point maybe we wouldn't have known them before we came to school though i i did though because i came for like a visit i definitely didn't no maybe oh god damn it anyways so this is what i'm saying don't be mad at me i don't actually remember the first time that we met that's okay just because i was so and i have to be completely honest about this and tell the story because when i went to school to college i'd never done theater before to a point you know i've been in choir and done some things in high school but like i was so fucking scared like i was like i need to act like i know what i'm doing and i need to act like this and i need to force this thing because that's just the kind of person i am i jump into a situation you know i'm not fearful but down deep i was just like i can't look like a fucking asshole here Mm. and i kind of floated through like the first semester at school just trying to figure shit out right honestly scared and i fucking didn't do very well in school because i was like focused on trying to act like i was doing something as opposed to like actually doing that thing <laughs> and my grades failed and i almost lost my scholarship and i was just like what the fuck man and it didn't really wake up until the second semester of college mm-hmm. that's when i actually start remembering meeting people or being in class with people or doing things mm-hmm. right that's that's the honest answer yeah totally. i don't honestly remember the first time that i met i know that you were there and in my life and I know that you hated me, but didn't know the reason why <laughs> until 
it's weird true. Enough. I mean, I remember meeting you that time in Arkansas, of course, because like that was random right. and weird and singled out. But like, tr- yeah. also for me, like my memories of our first year at college are. I remember you at New Student Showcase, mm-hmm. and I remember not liking you. And then I remember obviously doing Tent that summer. So Tent, for you guys that are listening, is like the equity theater at our university. And we did, it used to be in rep. And so Andrew and I did two of the three shows together that first yep. summer after. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I think we were romantic interests in both of them, right? Yes, Blue Plate Special. I, and I know the one. Radio the, Hour. Oh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were. And yeah. I was not fucking having any of it. Not having any of it. Any but of it. whatever, we we figured it out. I think the relationship from there kind of blossomed. Like, you know, you, you respect and hate somebody yeah. at first. Yeah. Somebody that you're like, ah, I don't understand you. And then I really over like the next you. year Holy or shit. two years, like we fucking became. It was during you know, a new brain, right? That's when we really yeah, actually it, got it, to it be It really friends. was. And that was our junior year. And we just, just became like, fucking kindred spirits you know had a lot of we had a lot of similarities in our life in Um, such different ways right in such different ways Mm, i'm so annoyed that we're still friends and we're making a podcast almost 20 years later still reflecting but like those emotions (laughs) well up in me and i'm just like why do i feel this way right now (laughs) oh shit but it was all for the best and i think you're one of those people who made me grow more than i would have push myself to grow. Oh, same. I mean, you Absolutely. asked the right questions. You pushed the right buttons in me that I was like, how fucking dare you? Good for that. But it's one of those things where I was like, shit, I reflect on it now and I go, fuck, man, I wouldn't be half the man I am today if I didn't understand you. I mean, the same goes for me, right? Like yeah. I was thinking when you were talking earlier, I work really, really hard and I'm very self-motivated. I don't do that because other people ask me to do it. I do it because I ask it of myself. Yeah. As a result, there are very few people in my life who actually make me feel like I need to work harder and I think there are two and you are one of them and you always have been that person like when I had knee surgery after my sophomore year I busted mm-hmm. my knee at summer stock and I had knee surgery and I had to be re- rehabilitated really fast because I was a dancer at the time and so mm-hmm. we would go swimming <laughs> I was so motivated by my hatred slash love of you <laughs> how much you challenged me to do better. I swam my ass off for six weeks. I got my knee better. I also lost like 15 pounds. And it was literally because I was like, I'm not going to let Andrew show me up in the fuck pool. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy. Very motivated fuck by fuck guy. Andrew. You get the fuck But again, <laughs> like in your youth, like those are the things and I had to realize this later in life. I was like, man, the things that motivated me when I was young were all based out of f- hatred, <laughs> fear. Hatred and fear were the two main motivators in my fucking life. Being like, fuck you. I can do this. Fuck you. And I think a lot of people like reflect on that in their youth. They're like, that's crazy. It's so fucking crazy to think about. Uh, um, A surprising thing that I've learned doing this podcast that I was just reminded of as you were telling that story is how much I laugh. Because I edit for social media and I'll listen to it and I laugh so much. I've had to develop some mic technique really fast around laughing because it just like blows out the mic because I laugh so hard and loud. Um, it's a pl- It's been a pleasant surprise to learn like how much I laugh on this podcast. For as much as you've been through in your life, I think you deserve a few hours of laughter <laughs> at my expense, yes, mostly. That's why I keep you around. Uh, uh, yeah, it's exactly right. I am your shit clown. Yeah. Okay. Really quickly. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> on my toes. Yeah, it's true. It keeps you paying attention. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do on this episode was do like a quick review of a couple different parts of the podcast. Again, because so many people have asked us how we make this. Mm-hmm. Let's go to technology first because that's an easy one and it's pretty cut and dried. It seems 
upon listening to the questions we get from people that we have a very fancy setup. Fancier than a lot of people who are making podcasts that are like level, like that are new. So the great secret in it, if you're listening, is that we actually didn't spend that much money and most of the tools are pretty easy to use. They don't always work. But if you're wondering, we're going to put up a little TM2C podcast pack. We'll recommend to you like the equipment we used, which shout out and a thank you to Nick Coleman, who's an amazing actor and also produces podcasts for giving us some recommendations for affordable equipment. That sounds really good. And then we use just two pieces of software to do all of this. It's Zencaster, which allows everyone to click in and record locally at broadcast quality. And we use Zoom to be able to see each other and uh, record video to using the social media clips. That being said, I will say we have certainly learned this fall that this shit doesn't work all the time. which is really, really fucking stressful. (laughs) But the funny part is technology hasn't caught up to our ideas yet. Like the creativity is there and the the things are there, but like technology hasn't really caught up to what we're doing specifically. And I think that's a testament to you guys. Like I said, reverse engineering and making shit like happen out of fucking thin air is it's mind blowing for me to watch. Yeah, I think like another thing that's stressful, in case you would like to know what's stressful about making a podcast from scratch is that there are ways for us to have more consistent recording experiences, but it's expensive. It would require us to buy four Mac minis that we keep at my house or Andrew's house or Emily's house that everyone's Skyping into and recording into separately. And that's super expensive. You know what I mean? And we're not even like we in 2020 are trying to figure out the ways that we can build up our Patreon community because we, we need to pay Emily, right? This is the thing that people don't understand is this is an incredible amount of work. We were doing the hours, you know, and it's like 15 hours for an episode of a podcast between the two of us to record it, to edit it, and to do the social media cut and get all the stuff up on the website. It's That's the most stressful thing about this, I think, is like being the kind of people the three of us are, which are people who want to make something really good. <laughs> But it's okay. 2020, we've only been two months in and we've done so much. See, the best part about this is we do this for you guys. Mm -hmm. We're here for you, the audience member, the podcast listener, you genius people out there who want to know more. We're giving away unsolicited free advice because we're assholes. I'm going to speak for myself. I'm an asshole and I want to give you this advice for free. 2020, let's go. Dip your toe in Uh, interviewing. This is another topic I wanted to talk about really quickly, like the skill of interviewing, which I know we talked about really briefly up top of the episode. What's been surprising to you about building the skill of interviewing specifically? What's been challenging? What's been really enjoyable about it? I find both of us to be raconteurs, if you will. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, it's someone who can actually take a literary piece and anecdotally fit it all in together, like conversations and kind of like ebb and flow with that. But for me, and again, I'm going to go back to the listening thing. It it is about the silence. It's about shutting the fuck up and opening your ears and opening your brain innately to understand someone else's point of view or someone else's way of thinking or someone else's way of communicating and trying to decipher and understand how you glean that information. The biggest thing that I've learned this year has been shut your mouth and open your ears <laughs> as an interviewer and also as just a, a host on this thing as to how to how to navigate touchy subjects how to ask the right questions at the right time and how to you know play back and forth like the bouncing ball between me and Jess of how to like you know let her take it when it's time for her to take it let me to take it you know and we try not to talk each over talk over each other which we do sometimes but we're so much better than we were when we started god that was such a shit show oh man i feel like that that was a fast learning curve. I feel like there yeah, were like yeah. three or four episodes where it was really bad. No, no, no. You're right. Like- you're, yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. 
I'll kill you. You're right. Yeah, you're right. No. <laughs> um, I've really enjoyed, weirdly, learning the technical part of interviewing. And, you know, because of the Give Back concert, I've been interviewing people for a long time in one form or the other on video and in the concert. Mm-hmm. But it's been really fun. I just enjoy minutia and like the technical bits. So like actually yesterday, yeah. Emily was telling me about in documentary interviewing this technique of where you shouldn't say um or yeah to verbally affirm someone because it makes the edit really hard. I thought that was fascinating because I'd never heard that. And here's something I noticed. When people aren't comfortable as an interviewer, they will often use a placeholder phrase like dip your toe in it. Yeah, no, like absolutely. Or that I love that, you know, but that stops the conversation. It doesn't move it forward. I spent a lot of time this fall thinking about that and trying to get those things out of my habit, my verbal habits, because I just enjoy perfecting those little tiny things. I don't know why, yeah. but I find a lot of joy in that. That's so interesting to think about though. Now that, that you say that out loud, I'm like, oh my God, even with an absolutely ellipses at the end, uh-huh. you are actually stopping the conversation. Right. There's nowhere. You may be agreeing, but like there, you're- Where do you go? That's fascinating to me. And in my daily life, I've actually started instituting like these things, trying not to say um a lot. Oh, that's interesting. Or yeah, or uh, because it does change the psychology of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that what you were talking about yesterday a little bit, Emily? Like with the- documentary editing so i'm gonna ask you it's like what what were you what did you mean by that what the um yeah so in documentary interviewing it is difficult from coming from like an editor standpoint and watching somebody interview mostly like talking Uh. head interviews not like on the fly stuff if you're doing affirmations during the conversation like oh i get it yep uh uh-huh it's like first of all cutting into the recording and so it makes it more difficult for the editor to cut around but it also yeah it definitely stops people from finishing full sentences or like it could cut things up in a way that no longer serves the editor later because you know when you use this like hour and a half long interview you chop it up and you move things into different parts and jess and i were talking about it i don't think it's as much of a downfall in podcasting, especially as we're recording separately on different microphones, you know. In fact, I found it as the editor of this very useful to kind of steal oh. an affirmation or a laugh or or place it in a way that helps me transition or edit out of something that happens with technology or something that happens like unexpectedly through the conversation. So basically what you're saying is you can manipulate this podcast to form any kind of psychology that you want (laughs) and tell any story that you want. See, again, I think there's some nefariousness going on here from our producer. She gets angry with us for saying things and she's (laughs) like, oh, I'm going to have to edit that later and I'll get you. Well, I was actually, I was going to hop in and say, as being the editor on the episodes, it's also very interesting to learn a lot about the quirks that each of you have because, you know, our guests come on once in a while, but I'm with you two all the time in every intro, of course, in every episode. And so you both have little things that you do. Uh I, I don't know if I want to know because I'm going to become self-aware at that point. I know. That's the hard thing. Uh, listen, I'm going to be in the fucking pasture. Like, let me, I'll, I'll turn my mic off. Just talk about Jess now. Just talk about Jess. But it can also, if we know. It's it a can teaching become, tool. Yeah, it can, it, can be, it can be jokes. But no, it's a bit. <laughs> Fuck teaching tools. I just want more bits. <laughs> I'm kidding. Are you kidding? That's all I do. I'm the shit clown. Oh, oh come on. That's fine. Okay, you can do me. It's fine. There it is. Thank you. There it is. That's definitely a thing because I have become very aware of myself not saying like because I think that's something that especially young women get criticized for doing I was there like this oh do you know that like Mm -hmm. that thing so I'll just do a quick a quick one Jess so yes Jess laughs a lot which is helpful 
And also, you laugh a lot. And so when you're close to the mic, that can be difficult. <laughs> but you I'm have been sorry, better. Mom. You've been better. Um, <laughs> but there's something else that you started to do a little bit in the middle of conversation. Sometimes you turn your head, and then that changes the level of the <gasps> audio. Oh, Talk no, about sorry. mic skills. No. <laughs> Learning moments. Only I in wonder, a moment or two. Oh, my gosh. Okay. No, great. I want to know that. I got to fix it. That's terrible. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and Andrew, you just have a few placeholders that I yeah. find funny. Go ahead. They're no, interesting. Oh, please. Let's just throw it out there. Let's be real. Let's get transparent. I mean, I keep them in a lot of the time. <laughs> no, I know. But I'm just saying, what, what are some that you think are funny? No, it's, I kidding. just think <laughs> it's entertaining as an editor. <laughs> I get to know you both so well. Just, uh, just by listening to, to someone. And again, just by listening to someone. Oh, God. Just by listening. Um. Oh, Andrew just says, and you know what? To transition a lot. And you know what? Is We're that? Do this. And you know what? <laughs> yeah. I guess it is. Does it stifle the conversation though? It doesn't stifle the conversation. Right. It's it's not like detrimental to the podcast, but it's funny because it's the same thing like every three time. Times, I'm a yeah. Robot. If you do it three times in a, in a two minute outro, then I'll choose one of them to keep and then I'll take out two. I think that makes sense. And you know what? We're going to go on to another question. Okay, God, just like low-hanging fruit. Just I find it, I had not thought about it from the standpoint that you've just illuminated, Emily, but I did see in a social media post from earlier in the fall that I had said, like, I find it good to not think too hard about how many people are listening to this podcast and how personal it is and because we attempt to be incredibly honest and very much ourselves. And when I think too hard about it, I actually find it to be a little scary. And now I'm thinking about how much you're listening to and learning about us as well. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my my God, I feel so self-conscious. <laughs> no, but that's what editors do. I mean, they get to see all the outtakes and, and cuts that don't make it. They keep them like gems in their brains. I know, but it means you could be like literally sitting back in your nefarious villain lair. Stroking this fucking cat us. that she's got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And making a list of all the things you can expose Dr. us for. Dr. Claw over here just... <laughs> I'll get you, Gadget. One day. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a lot of dirty shit. Listen, I got nothing to hide, man. Uh, uh, I'm pretty much an open book. I think we're no, both an open true. book at this point, especially like throwing ourselves out there. And you know what? You said something, Jess, that was like you realized and became self-conscious uh, again about our, our patronage and our listening, our, our audience. You've been a stage actress for the bulk of your career. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's the difference between finding out that you're in front of people in a live audience or discovering mm -hmm. that you're like, oh shit, more people are hearing this or seeing this now. And now you're self-conscious because you're not self-conscious on stage, are you? No. And I, I mean, I say that lightly, but I think there's a very simple yeah. and real answer to your question, which is back to like what Andrew very deftly pointed out about me. You know, I like a lot of control over things. It has yeah. lessened over the years, certainly. But like when you're in a show those people are with you for two hours and it's over. Mm -hmm. And even in your case, if you're doing it two years, you don't have someone coming to that show every single day. And even if they were, they're seeing you expose or share the same part of you over and over again. When I do the give back concert, I'm, it's very personal and there's tons of people watching, but it's one night for two hours. This really pulls, a podcast pulls the blanket off because people get to really know you over time, right? Like because we're doing this every single week for an mm -hmm. hour at least and we're striving to be as honest and real as we can and to let people have a relationship with us that we don't know. And for me, that actually kind of secretly 
not anymore, sits outside my comfortability level. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The exposure so, yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like a bunch of people I don't know getting to know me and like, you know, right. forming opinions about me. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, I try not to think about it too much, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. I've had people come up to me at the theater and they're like, oh, I listened to that episode today. It was really interesting how you did that. And I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. I did say that like that. And like compartmentalizing mm -hmm. the podcast world and like how I sit and talk to people in my house versus mm -hmm. how I talk to people in the theater. I found that very interesting. I was like, shit, do I change my mindset based on my yep. environment. And I know that we do this as human beings, but I have different relationships with different people, right? So now you're exposing yourself in a different way mm -hmm. where the people that you're working with see you in a different light as well. You know? Gosh, that's really, that's such a part of it too, is like, this is all predicated on you and I's relationship, which now yeah. we've given to the entire world, basically. Yeah. Which I also don't like thinking about. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, God damn, am I... Okay, so we've reviewed we've reviewed our technology for you guys. We've let you into a little bit of what we've learned about interviewing. And really quickly, I want to bring Emily back on the mic to talk about the process of making a podcast, <gasps> which is something she and I have been really digging into for the last couple of days. Let's start here, and you can take it wherever you want, because I think you're the one who's deepest into all of the processes that make this podcast happen each week. But let's start here. Big surprising learning for us. It's very, very hard to get guests booked. And we had some real harrowing moments last month where we didn't have anybody. And what we've learned, I think, is that we have to send out a bazillion asks and get a lot of people going through our onboarding process in order to just get three or four booked. I found that to be really surprising. Emily, if you want to comment on that and or take us to other things you've found surprising in, in building the processes around this podcast, I think that could be helpful for people listening. I'm going to sit back and listen because you guys are amazing. Mm, that is definitely was a concern at a moment. <laughs> She's being so nice about it. <laughs> I'm a careful word choice person, I think. <laughs> That's why I use interesting a lot. That's why I say funny a lot because I'm very vague. But I, I think I emote what I mean most of the time. It's it's a good yin to our yang with the two of us who'll just fucking say anything that comes out of our mouth. Skibbity so. <laughs> so we did have some difficulty getting people through the booking processes. So we have something set up that makes a lot of sense that makes sure we don't miss anything along the way. You know, we need to collect questions. We need to make sure there's the right technology and environment for people to record in. But it reminds me a lot of what people always say about job applications and how you have to send out like 40 to get mm -hmm. one potential response. Mm -hmm. But then at other points, you might get, you know, 20 responses back and then find yourself in the process of not delaying, but also trying to figure out scheduling and that. Mm -hmm. So I think, I mean, you can never rely on process when it comes to people and guests mm -hmm. and great way the to put nuance it. of, you know, changing your process because very specific changes. For example, sometimes we have two guests on and there's a completely different dynamic and we have to time it with time zones mm -hmm. or, you know, we're talking about writing questions versus uh, audio recorded questions. So as much as there is a process that we have to follow so we don't forget anything, there has to be a lot of room to wiggle and to accommodate and to personalize. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. What else? We haven't talked about this. I'm curious, like what other process things have been either surprising, challenging, or really enjoyable other people might enjoy hearing about? I mean, I think a lot of the things that fascinate me and, you know, this is like personal passion, right? Like similar to what Andrew's been talking about, the the personal story behind people and, and how everything is very individualistic. So even just preparing like one sheeters and kind of thinking about like where people are coming from and what industries and if somebody else has a podcast or if somebody else has, you know, a few films out or like has written a book, how great would it be to be able to use that as part of the conversation? And so being able to alter the process again and understand, you know, what a writer comes from and and what a filmmaker comes from. That is, it's, it's always good to be prepared, right? Mm-hmm. It's always good to be, to know who you're talking to. Guess what? We're having family production meeting on air, but that's something Emily had asked me for 2020 that we could be better at is because we're both busy, like right? You just don't know how this goes until you're making it. And Andrew and I are both super fucking busy. But Emily smartly pointed out that in the episodes in which we either of us had time to read the book that they'd written or watch the, you know, clips that they'd done or whatever, particularly with folks we don't know, it's very, very personal. And of course, like with all the other stuff on my mind for this podcast with my jobs, I had not even thought of that. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, 2020, I can commit to like, you know, watching one piece of the content on that one sheet or reading one thing. And I I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be saying this on air, but I have been able to do it for some people. And I have not been able to do it for some other folks just because that's the way it is. And that's definitely one of my goals for 2020 to be better at this. Makes for a a nice coffee date to, you know, you always do your like a little bit of snooping and Instagram stalking before you go on a coffee date. I think that's something that's extremely important, especially just from a form of process, but also I think it like should be taken into account in every single part of what you do. If you're in a career, if you're in something, I find myself being not as knowledgeable as I want to be when I walk into a room. Say like you're an actor who's auditioning, right? You need to know who the director is. You need to know what they've done. You need to know the writer. You need to know what they've written. I think people take that shit for granted sometimes. And I did as a young actor. Mm. And, and this is what this process has taught me a lot about, not just about like the podcast building, but also the interviewing process is like, you need to learn about the person that you're interviewing because it will help you in the interview process. It opens up another avenue of conversation yeah. and you know who that person is before you get into the room. And especially with technology, Google and whatnot, Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. lack of information mm-hmm. out there. What a fun time we've had talking about uh, 2019 and the fucking craziness of launching a podcast. I want to do one more thing, Andrew, to get us to the Rotel. This is borrowed from our good friends over at the Zuckerberg Institute and their podcast, Show Up, which you should definitely listen to, especially if you are interested in building a business for yourself. They do something I really love at the end of every episode, which is rapid fire questions. We each get to ask three. I ask one to you. You ask one to me. I ask one to you back and forth. You ready? Yep. I'll go first. Go. Who was your favorite interview of 2019? CC Elisa. What did you learn about yourself in 2019? <laughs> that I can do even more than I already thought I could do. <laughs> wow. Fuck. That makes me feel like shit. <laughs> what? That makes me feel like absolute shit. No. Because I need. Why? I know that I know that I can do more. But I find myself on the couch a lot being like, God, I wish I could do more. <laughs> and then I think about you and I'm like, well, she's doing it all anyway. So I'm good. <laughs> I could take a little more of that couch time for sure. Okay. So the balance, balance. What was your favorite moment in the two years uh, you've spent with Hamilton in Chicago? Fuck, that's a hard one. There's so many. Ah, so last Christmas, I got to go to the Mercy Home of Chicago 
and I got to deliver Christmas mm-hmm. presents at, dressed as a Christmas elf to all of the kids who are oh. whoever's at the mercy home for boys and girls and just seeing the fucking uh-huh. joy on these kids' faces. Like knowing that our cast was there and me being uh, the one of the only Caucasian members of this cast and seeing these kids like light up mm. and not just specifically this moment, but every moment, but this one specifically kind of stands out in my mind. Watching these kids, watch people like them be successful, you know, and this is what Hamilton gives to us. Uh, this is coming from the most genuine place I can possibly, possibly muster finding and seeing kids being hopeful that just because they're in this one place now doesn't Mm. mean that they can't achieve something greater later. And it's been just fucking phenomenal. It's been such a gift. Mm -hmm. And to close this out, it like is humbling, but it's also been just a magical experience that I'm, I'm ready to finish. But at the same time, when I reflect back on it, it makes me want to cry because it was so fucking powerful. So proud of you. Yeah. It's that the fact that I've grown to have emotions or (laughs) the, (laughs) Congratulations. Um, oh, let's go on. Let's go. Let's go with this theme. Is there anything in 2019 that you did that you were afraid of, but you succeeded at? <laughs> Everything. Oh my God. Can you name one specific thing or just like yes, all of, of it? Of course. All of it. Okay. Number one, learning about business and putting all of those things in place. We had that question. It's like, why are you so good at life? I am the best. I'm at creativity and pulling ideas yeah. together and innovating, but like, I am not great, nor did I ever have much interest in like learning profit and loss statements and dealing with cash flow and like trying to figure out business structures and like what LLCs are owned by what C Corp and like, I'm still not great at it. But holy shit, I just in part thanks to the boys over at Zuckerberg Institute dove headfirst into that shit. And I have learned more than I ever could possibly have guessed. And I've implemented a lot of it to really good success. So like that's that's huge. But also making a podcast, no idea. Just did it. Fucking scary as shit. Continues to be scary as shit, to be quite honest with you. I don't know. I just hosted this fucking dinner last week that didn't exist in the world before that night. And I also didn't know how that was going to go. So scary. I mean, this has been the year of doing things I had no idea how to do and being really, really scared about it. One more question. How do you level up for next year? Jesus Christ. Most of the things that I'm doing now, I am not doing by myself, which is unusual, right? Like I've done a lot of stuff on my own. And so I have to take into consideration all other partners on these projects, build things that work for them as well, not just that serve the idea I had. And I also can level up by making sure that all of these things are wildly creative and serve my mission as a human being, but also are needed by the world and are taking care of all the people that like feed those ideas. Well said, my lady. Well said. Last question from me. What do you love most about me? Oh, boy. Oh, man. Oh, man. (laughs) His eyes just I just, I can't. There's so many. For those of you who are listening, I actually didn't expect him to take this this seriously. Well, it's just because there's so many fucking things. I guess I did take you for granted for the longest time being like, ah, she's just a fastidious. Oh, this is just how she is. This is how she is. This is how she is. And then doing this process together, I'm like, fuck, man. She's like, she cares. A, you fucking care. That's one thing I love about you care about the change that you seek. You are legitimately a lover of all people, things, and technologies, even if it doesn't fit your benefit at that uh, particular (laughs) time, you want to make it work for you. Mm -hmm. And 
just the fact that you have fucking, you've persevered through some of the craziest shit that I've ever heard. And, you know, we've aired it on here a little bit to watch you grow and persevere just over the last year alone and over the last three months has been an eye-opening experience for me, right? I've dealt with a lot of anxiety. I've dealt with a lot of shit that I've never really dealt with before. And I just Mm -hmm. think back to like, how did you process that? And then Mm -hmm. conversations that we've had in the past and being like, fuck, man, it's really helped me along. And seeing you on a daily basis has also reminded me that like, shit ain't that bad. (laughs) And that's uh, three huge things of a myriad of things that I could talk about for the next fucking 15 hours at least. And then I still wouldn't have exhausted it about the reasons that I love you. And 2020 is going to be a level up time for me to be even more open-minded about shit. Just even like to really just kind of, you know, take in the collective conscious of the people that I don't think like, or, you know, political views that I don't share and trying to understand those around me that, uh, that, that have those views and trying to understand why. 2020, dip a toe in it. You need to do the last question from you. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. How are you going to be nicer to Emily <laughs> in the editing process? Here we go. I think this was a question from one of my Instagram followers, but I actually want to know it because it's kind of, uh, it describes like every single fucking thing that you are in one word. What is your favorite curse word? Why are you taking so long? I mean, the one that I say the most is fuck. And I think that's because, wow, this is like really real. Here's the two reasons I really like that word. One, you can kind of just sing it any way you want. You yeah. Know? It oh, like, yeah. Fuck. Put it in any situation. Fuck. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. right? Like yeah, you can yeah. give it all yeah. the all the meaning. But also, I love saying fuck because ladies aren't supposed to. <laughs> I do. I really do. I love, I love owning something I'm theoretically not supposed to do in order to be an attractive likable lady like fuck you society that fuck you (laughs) what about you emily what's your favorite curse word (laughs) yeah i want to know this one she doesn't i I don't think i've ever actually heard you curse i definitely curse please what is it what's your favorite one i don't know I feel like I use fuck a lot as well. Yeah. I, it's a good one. It's it's like it very translates to many situations. All encompassing. Sure. Yeah. All encompassing. Or maybe like a backup like shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck or shit. Okay. Fuck shit. Sometimes <laughs> I'll say them together. Sometimes I'll throw them. Oh, like, I do like Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I'm very classic. Ah, shit. You are very classic. That's really true about you. I enjoy that. I really enjoy that. What's yours, Andrew? Oh, God. Oh, I say God damn it a lot. And I feel like that I probably shouldn't just for you, you know, evangelical <laughs> types out there, those people who believe in that kind of thing. Uh, but I've gotten to say GD a lot. My wife also gets mad at me mm-hmm. sometimes because I'm trying to curse less in life. Sometimes it's pertinent to the conversation. It is like, you know, just yeah. get get out, right? But I've taken to doing something that my wife absolutely detests where I'll start to say the word, but I won't finish it. And I'll like whisper it. I'll be like, I can't believe this f- thing is going to. And she you hates, hates, yourself out. hates, I bleep <laughs> myself. And she's like, I hate it oh, so God. much when you say f- you're going to do this thing today. I'm going to go get some groceries. She hates that so much. And I'm just, that's, that's also one of the things I'm going to do better in 2020 is try to like not bleep myself. <laughs> yeah. you. Well, this is a really pertinent conversation because we've recently discovered a new hashtag for the show, which is explicit mentorship. Boom. Um, which oh, like that is the glorious. only explicit mentorship yep. on the market. It is. It's so good. And it's the same for me personally. It's the same reason that I like to cuss and not worry about cussing swear words as a woman is that like mentorship podcasts are not supposed to be like that. There's this idea that they're really fancy and they have to be all geared towards like Super formal, marketing right. funnels and learning how to do things. But that's not the way the world is anymore. So like, fuck that. F- explicit that. mentorship. 
doesn't lessen the amount we can learn Absolutely from the right. people and we're like, talking to. Right, and there's a bunch of studies out there right now that say people who curse are actually more creative and smarter than anybody else who fucking has fucking, exactly. fucking shit to fucking do. Fucking shit. Andrew, Emily, it was really nice to have this special in-house episode of Take Me to Coffee as we... Get ready to ring in the new year tomorrow. I thought I'd talk to you guys enough, and I just realized that I have more questions on questions on questions on questions. So I, I really can't wait to see how this uh, next year pans out, how it plays out, and how it podcasts out. And you know what? Have a great 2020. Check, 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 check it. If you want to hear some more, head over to Twitter and follow us at TM2C Podcast. Ask your questions for our upcoming guests. You can also let us know about someone swearing cool you follow online that we should talk to in 2020. 2020, dip your toe in it. Rotel. That's it for this episode of Take Me to Coffee, and now it's your turn, because you know what? If your cup runneth over in 2019, you pull up a big old glass of 2020 and check us out. Here's how you do it. One, check out new episodes every Tuesday on your favorite podcasting thing. And two, for special bonus content, including being able to see all your beautiful faces join us. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to try to sing the whole fucking thing. Hold on. No. <laughs> Two, for special bonus content, including being able to see all of our beautiful faces, join our coffee club over at Patreon. Patreon. www.patreon.com slash TM2C podcast. Your contribution helps us continue <laughs> to make this podcast for you, with you, and completely ad free. No one tells us what to do. No one tells us what to do. No one tells us what to do. <laughs> We're, we're not coming back in 2020. <laughs> it's over. My producers walked out. She's quit. Three, download these episodes. And would you do us a favor? Going into 2020, would you oh, please God. leave us a review on the Apple so that we can prove that we're amazing? We got some cool stuff coming up. We're maybe thinking about doing a live show later on in the year. Got some shit going on. And the reviews, they help everyone believe that we're good at what we do. <laughs> I'm Andrew. I'm Jess. We'll see you next week. Happy New Year, everyone. Old acquaintance be forgotten. So what's the words? And then she goes out to the car and starts a thing like this with a turn. Silly. It's very interesting because that part that you all sang is like over music. <laughs> So I'm like, how is that going to sound? Oh, we're going to see if we can make it work? Yeah!